Welcome back, everyone, to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and this is the March sit rep. Uh, we got, honestly, we got a few things going on. Uh, I want to give you guys an update on what's been going on with us. want to be able to give you guys some insight on what's been going on in the world around us, right? Uh, pulled up some notes here, put some ideas together and some talking points, because in the last week or two weeks here, We've seen several things, uh, you know, across the country and and in Michigan and things that are impactful to you all, and it's worth talking about. It's worth bringing attention to. Uh, If this is your first time joining us, we do the sit rep every month. It is a step off of, I will say, the beaten path of what we do with the the podcast typically, right? Typically on the pod, we'll talk about uh, a unique topic or unique subject. We'll have a guest on. We'll do an interview here we do these once a month and we talk about current events, we talk about politics, we talk about stuff that's impactful to you and I in our daily lives and I share my thoughts and my feelings and insights on all of this stuff. Sometimes I make some predictions around what might happen with it, uh, if it's you know politically based or current events based. Uh, we've started doing these live streamed on the Instagrams, so if you guys are joining me via Instagram right now. Welcome aboard. We are going to jump in this morning. Uh, I'll give you guys a little bit of an update on what I've been dealing with. Um, it's terrible. To, I, I, I have not been dealing with it, what I've been going through. Uh, we did lose a family member this week. Some uh, My great aunt did pass away. She was, uh, and I'm not just saying this because she was my aunt, but she was a staple of uh, the, the community here. She sat on boards for banks and they, you know, created a culinary scholarship for, you know, in her name uh, years ago. And, and that's still going right. She was a businesswoman and an entrepreneur. So took the day Friday when typically I probably would have been doing a live stream. Typically probably would have been putting up a post on uh, on, on Instagram, things like that, right? Took that time uh, over the, the last couple of days here to spend with family and close friends. And really, unfortunately, it takes events like that sometimes to reconnect, but really spending the time enjoying my family. So that's what we what I've been dealing with here on my side of things. Unfortunate, uh, always good to, to connect with some of the family that you don't see, but you know, every few years. Uh, at any rate, that's where I've been. That's what what's going on here, and why you guys may maybe not have seen as much traffic or as as much activity over the last week or so. And that that should kind of normalize and, and return to normal over the next several days here, as life kind of returns to its status quo, so to speak. Uh, before I get into this week's discussion, uh, the talking points that I have mapped out for us. Uh, this is a sponsored podcast. Again, if you guys are joining us for the very first time, welcome. And we have some outstanding industry partners that I have to say thank you to because without their support, the things that you guys experience here, right? So some of the content that we are able to produce for you, whether it's on the podcast or the YouTube channel or Instagram, a lot of the stuff just wouldn't be possible without their support. So I want to say thank you. And I want to steer you guys as our listening audience, right? To these amazing companies that make outstanding products. We would not be sending you guys to these companies if they didn't make good products. We've been very, very fortunate here to work with some outstanding you know, industry entities and partners. Uh, so if you guys are looking for some gear, if you're looking to get any stuff, these are the people that we recommend. They support us and we want to support them in return. So need to say a very, very big thank you to our friends over at Custom Night Vision. If you guys are looking 
to get into night vision. So whether you have the funds, whether you're starting to gather the funds, you're starting to ask the questions and do the research, Custom Night Vision is an outstanding resource and an outstanding company to look to when you're finally ready to quote unquote, pull the trigger on that night vision setup. So whether you're looking for some binocular night vision, you've you've been saving for a couple of years now, or you know maybe you're just fortunate and you, this is bonus time for a lot of people at work and you finally have the money ready and you want to get some binos, they have a ton of options in stock. So if you're looking for some DTNVSs, uh, 1431s, there's a, those and more right that are available through the site, whether you need them in green phosphor or white phosphor, Fatanus Elbit L3. They have the Jerry 31 option, which is the Chinese binocular that a lot of people have been asking about. And if you have questions on those units, if you have questions on that capability, that's what the team from Customs there for. They have an insight chat function built in. So if you have questions about reliability, if you have questions about performance on, a, on binoculars, or maybe you're getting in your very first setup and you don't know if it's really worth the money for you, and you're looking at something like a Tonto or a PVS-14, again, green phosphor, white phosphor, it doesn't matter. The guys at Custom will give you the most transparent purchasing experience possible. And if you're worried, right, you're going to order a tube. You've seen buddies selling Blem tubes on, on Facebook groups and on Instagram stories. You guys don't have to worry about that with custom because they take pictures of all of their tubes and post them on the website. So you can see what you are getting before you go ahead and click the pay now button. It's an absolutely outstanding experience, great company, and they're your one-stop shop for all things night vision. So whether you're picking up just your tube or pair of tubes, you need a mount, they carry the Wilcox line of mounts. If you need a helmet, they have Opscore, they have Team Wendy. If you need a laser or a light, they have a bunch of options from companies like BE Myers and Surefire, Steiner, and, and more. You guys can head on over to customnightvision.com and check it all out for yourself today. Also want to say a big thank you to HRT Tactical Gear. They were nice enough to send us out some kit a couple weeks back here. So Josh is now completely set up. He has their LBAC carrier and their ARC belt series, which is the same gear I've been running for the better part of the last year almost now. And it's outstanding stuff, guys. If you're looking for a plate carrier, if you're looking for a belt, maybe what you have isn't quite getting it done for you, we highly recommend head on over to hrttacticalgear.com. I was actually able to uh, get a new core of my belt sent out because I've been losing weight and the large slash extra large size that I had no longer fits, which is awesome. But the modularity of the design for the arc belt series is also great because without ordering a whole new belt, I was able to get a new replacement inner core for that. I'll just be able to transplant the parts and pieces on over absolutely outstanding design using Tigris material. So it's very rigid, very strong, but also extremely lightweight. Can't recommend that stuff enough. You guys, again, head on over to hrttacticalgear.com. And lastly, want to say thank you to the team at 100 Concepts. Head on over to 100concepts.com. You guys can check out their light caps, their scope caps. If you need something with anti-reflective devices built in, their hex cap line is tremendous. Or you can check out their Pro Scope Caps. They have the reflective device, that hex grid built into the scope cap itself. And they are releasing in new colors. Uh, they're releasing a ruggedized pattern. Tons of options. These guys are working on all sorts of cool solutions all the time. Garrett, Jonah, and Pierce, you guys do outstanding work. And super happy to have you as partners here at The Prepared Mindset. You guys should definitely head on over to the website. Check out all the good stuff they got going on. 
helmet scrim, pack scrim, sling hook. The new, the, the new Chemlite 2.0 kit is out. Go pick up some new gear for yourselves today. So thank you to all those companies for their support. And let's just go ahead and jump into this week's discussion, the topics we have outlined here for the March sit rep. I think I think we have to start with this past week here in Michigan. It was the 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 primary election in Michigan. So it was the opportunity on Tuesday for those of us who are Michigan residents and citizens, right, to head out to our polling locations and cast a vote in favor of you know whether you are a Democrat or a Republican, right? Who it is that you are, I guess, wanting to see as the nominee for your respective party. So uh, looking at the tracking online, you guys can pull this up yourself and look. Uh, for the Democrats, it's Joe Biden. He has won every single delegate from the Democrat side of things. Nobody else. I think there's one other guy who's running. I couldn't even tell you his name. Uh, and it's not close. It's like 110 to zero right now. And on the Republican side of the ticket, it's basically down to, of course, Donald Trump, uh, former President Donald Trump, who is making his return bid to the ticket, uh, and Nikki Haley, who a lot of Republicans or, or you know conservative Americans, if you don't like the uh, the label, the title, a lot of folks are scared. And, and it's not because Nikki Haley is somebody who's going to be the wrecking ball that Donald Trump was in that sense. It's mostly because she advertises herself and aligns herself as a Republican, but has a support and voting history that aligns more with the left side of the aisle, which is obviously very concerning as we're heading into probably what will be remembered as one of the most pivotal elections in the history of our country with all of the goofy shit that's going on in the world right now. This is, of course, keeping in mind we are still dealing years later here with the Russia-Ukraine situation. That that hasn't gone away, right? We are also dealing with the Israel-Hamas war. That that hasn't gone away. This administration hasn't... I don't know that without getting directly involved, which would obviously be in most ways worse, I don't know this administration has done much to help that, that situation. Uh, we are also still dealing with the border crisis here in the United States. And this this administration, the Biden administration, has done absolutely nothing to make that better. They have done everything to make it worse. They're coming under fire from, you know, the uh, the, the union for the border patrol. Uh, there's tons and tons of political, uh, I don't know, shrapnel, I guess is the word I'll use. I don't know, I don't know what else to call it. Um, that's being spewed all over, right, over the issue with the southern border. I've said it before on this podcast. I will say it one more time here, and I'll probably say it again in the future. The defining issue, the defining topic when we were looking at the election in 2020 was the COVID-19 pandemic, the global crisis that and the world was facing it, right? We, that wasn't a uniquely American problem, right? Um, however, here in 2024, the new issue is the southern border of the United States because it's no longer a discussion around how we're going to allow immigrants into this country who want a better life. We are now looking at things like how are we going to keep our citizens safe as we've seen crime and uh, assaults, just all kinds of shit, right? We've had all kinds of problems and it's all stemmed from a lack of security at the border. We've had several guests on this podcast who have addressed that issue. If you guys want to go back and look up my interview with Matthew Smith, who is in Pinal County, Arizona as the undersheriff, uh, you know, Pinal County was one of the counties and agencies that was featured on Live PD 
prior to that going off of the air in, I think it was 2020 actually, uh, dealing with cartel trafficking. It's not just people coming here looking for a better life and, you know, it's terrible to, to close the border. It's an actual legitimate security concern. And that's something that, uh, you know, Donald Trump in his campaigning certainly has steered towards. It's certainly something that he has tried to leverage as he should, because, and not just because of the, the political capital, not just because of the politics behind it, but it, and this is my opinion, is that this is actually something that needs to be addressed for the betterment of our country. You know, the United States is not secure right now. And if we think back 24 years to what things were like just prior to 9-11, that was very dangerous. We were very open in terms of our borders. Uh, we were very non-communicative in terms of our government agencies. So it, getting back to the original point here of talking about the primary and, you know, Donald Trump is obviously has a, has a huge lead out front right now. Uh, it does appear that we're going to be seeing a Trump versus Biden round two here. And there's some significant impacts and ramifications, I think, that we're going to face as a, as a country if the election goes the way the Democrats if you've if you've seen uh, any of the press conferences, any of the discussions, any of the public statements, which are few and far between, albeit right, of President Joe Biden recently and his stammering inability to complete a sentence, you know how bad things have gotten. You know how far things have degenerated. They weren't great when he was on the campaign tra trail four years ago. I'm sure the stress of the position hasn't done anything to help the matter, and he's actually been one of the first presidents, and I don't know how long, like, he's not releasing his medical records, he's not, or his medical examination records, I should say. The president does undergo regular routine, you know, inspections and checkups by a doctor as the leader of the country. That's that's nothing new. Uh, but he has not been willing to share that information, and I think we can all look to his, uh, you know, his pressers, his exploits, his viral videos, if you will. Um, he's not well right? He, he should not be in office. And let's, let's take that opportunity there and let's segue that over into our next subject uh, of discussion. <coughs> Excuse me, guys, uh, is that we had an announcement uh, that Mitch McConnell is the, the, the Senate majority leader, right? He is stepping down in November. So basically around election time, whatever, Mitch McConnell will be stepping down and this is very, very impactful right now uh, for a couple reasons. The House is controlled by the Democrats, and the Senate right now is barely controlled by the Republicans. This is impactful because as long as there there is that stalemate, then while we cannot accomplish anything as conservative Americans, assuming that our leadership actually uh, does vote and align themselves with the wants, the desires, the demands of the people that they were elected to represent, which is a little crapshoot, right? Politicians can't be trusted. Politicians are terrible. They're liars. They're cheaters. They're thieves. I don't, I, I think a lot of people get the the idea when they listen to me talk sometimes that I am very supportive of our, our politicians. I'm supportive of our political system, um, but I am not supportive of our politicians. Uh, I'm by no means a, a Mitch McConnell fan. And here's the issue is if you guys have seen some of Mitch McConnell's press conferences, you know that he's gone the way of Joe Biden. Uh, there were several videos over the last couple of months where he would be addressing the media. Again, this is this is Mitch McConnell, not Joe Biden, addressing the media and would freeze. 
He would have just a sudden prolonged pause where, you know, he would just blankly stare out into space. It kind of drool. I think somebody was concerned he actually might have been having a stroke at the podium at one point. And this is the problem that, that we face with, with these aging leaders, right? We have not done a good job, I will say, as a country uh, about keeping our political leadership kind of renewed and invigorated with younger leadership. The The folks who have been in these offices have, I will say, monetized these roles. They cannot be persecuted for insider trading. They can't be uh, you know, persecuted or, or prosecuted. I should say not persecuted. They can't be prosecuted for a bunch of shit that would put most of us in jail for tens and tens of years here. Uh, as civil servants, and that's what they are, they have found their ways into lifestyles of luxury, where they are paid what most of us would consider an exorbitant salary. I think it's like 220000 a year or $250,000 a year. So it, right around that quarter million mark a year to do nothing. Uh, you know, you look at the recesses and the breaks they get because, oh, things are so difficult, things are so tough. And those recesses used to be built in because our leadership used to have to leave to go home to tend to their plantations, their farms, their actual businesses that they worked. Now our leadership basically just vacations half of the year and then comes and argues and gets nothing done the other half of the year. But with McConnell stepping down, that that creates a power struggle in the Republican Party as well as the Senate at large. And I will say if the Republicans lose the Senate, so then the House is controlled by both the Democrats, or the House and Senate are both controlled by the Democrats, it becomes immensely easier for the left to push through legislation. So some of the things that we've talked about before on this podcast, gun control specifically, is a is a large one uh, that becomes very very fast. They fast track a lot of that gun control policy. Uh, things like keeping the border open that gets fast tracked. More money to places like Ukraine, who've already taken billions upon billions and billions of dollars and have bootstrapped our country. Uh, you know, to the point where we. We're, I believe, anyways, I'm not exactly a financial guru or economic expert, but I do believe that we are in a very precarious position right now. That if our economy takes another major blow, i.e., another, you know, a couple billion dollars that we're just going to sign off to Ukraine, we are going to be in a bad position, a really bad position. Because here's the problem is that this isn't, this money's not coming back. This isn't, these aren't loans to be repaid. And that's some people on the left will scream and lean that, well, you know, we needed this help when we were a, a fledgling country and we got, we, you know, we got help from other countries. And that's true. We did. When the United States was becoming a country, we had to reach out several times to help from countries like France. They were loans. We paid those loans back. The problem that we have with this now is that Ukraine is basically just coming and begging for more and more money. So with Mitch McConnell stepping out of his role, uh, if we don't get, <coughs> I, I don't want to say like a hard line, uh, a hard line Republican in there, but if we do get somebody who's more of what's referred to as a rhino uh, Republican in name only, if we do get somebody in that position, and it, it, who's to say it won't happen, right? Because politicians will beg, lie, cheat, steal to win favors, to you know, do what they have to do to save their own asses, right? Uh, then we could be in a really precarious role where technically the Republican Party controls the Senate, but with the majority, vo you know, voting in ways that don't necessarily align with 
the Republican ideas, and and I hate the two party system. Honestly, it sucks that it is always this back and forth struggle. There's never a third party that steps in. I know we have a Libertarian Party in this country. We have the Green Party. They're severely underfunded. They're not ever in a position to be. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say ever. They're they're usually more often than not in a position to be impactful in and they just have to choose their alliances and they have to play the political game. So with McConnell stepping down, A, it's a good thing. B, he could, this is the worst possible time he could have chosen. If he would have stepped down, you know, a decade ago, because he's been, I believe he's been in the Senate since 85, which I'm sure some of you guys listening to this, or if you're watching, you know, live on Instagram right now, some of you may not even been alive in 1985. I wasn't. <laughs> It'd be another four years before I was born, you know. And it, so he's been in his role as as a senator for thirty eight years. Think about that. That's a full career. And he's like eighty three now. So, I mean, he got in in like his what forties or something, right? Thirty nine, forty years old. I mean, most of us are halfway through our career at thirty nine, forty years old. You don't, you know. This has been. This is a problem that needs to be addressed. I don't know that we'll ever see it be addressed with things like term limits because I doubt that we have the caliber, at least right now, I know we don't have the caliber of elected leadership that would that would make the, the that would make the move to impose those term limits uh, because it is it's too <laughs> there's too much money to be made. Truth be told, that's why I don't think we'll see our own our own political leadership uh, make this this uh, adjustment, this change, which the country's clamoring for. The people of the United States want this. And seeing people like Mitch McConnell out there, especially the last couple of years here, where he really is struggling to complete his duties, he really is struggling just to function as a human, just as our president is also struggling with those very, you know, the faculties are are degrading and, de- and deteriorating at a, at a fast rate. So this is something we'll have to keep our eyes on. It is surprising he's going to stay in office for another nine months, <coughs> excuse me, um, it, it, it's, uh, well, maybe eight months, eight months, I'm sorry, and uh, it, it's very concerning. We're definitely going to have to keep uh, a watchful eye on it, see what develops and what may come, especially with the, the election also looming in the not-too-distant future. Um, so it's kind of a very precarious type of situation. Now, uh, jumping over, because we did talk about the money, right? We talked about all the money. We talked about the economic issues uh, and why it's very, very problematic for us to have to uh, sit here and deal with these these scenarios after uh, giving all this money to Ukraine. So something else that, that I came across, this was published yesterday, actually, on the Fox News website, uh, and I don't always like to go to Fox News for all my data. I like to try and kind of spread around where I, I get information and things. Um, but this this caught my attention, which is that Canada is now pledging millions to a, quote, gender-inclusive effort to remove landmines in Ukraine, which is just hilarious to me. Um, if Ukraine's fighting a war, don't you guys, like, A, have need for landmines, but then also, B, why aren't your people... Why aren't your people removing the landmines? I mean, you live there. I don't mean to sound heartless, but why are you why are you in need of this assistance here to and why does it need to be gender inclusive? You know, so this article goes on to talk about um 
Pelicanian government's funding a multi-million dollar gender-inclusive effort to remove landmines and explosive ordnance from the, the war-torn country. Uh, Justin Trudeau announced last week that they're going to they're commit, and that, that's what this is what's deceptive about some of these headlines. So this says they're, they're pledging millions. You actually start reading this article, and it's not. So it is $3.02 billion Canadian, or roughly $2.2 billion U.S. dollars. So in the uh, like 90 or $100 billion that we've already given Ukraine to fight this war, now Canada is giving them an additional $2 billion U.S., right? Let's, let's just keep it consistent for sake of the conversion rates, right? Uh, in financial and military support for Ukraine, and the press release detailed several initiatives in the funding, including uh, about $3 million U.S. for an initiative that was dubbed Gender Inclusive Demining for Sustainable Futures in Ukraine. Who the hell cares? This is the point. We have gotten to the point now where we are so tied up in our own bullshit in the Western world that the rest of this planet is laughing at us and taking complete and total advantage of us. The liberal leadership in the United States and in Canada is going to crush us. I don't, I'm not familiar with the election laws and things in Canada. Justin Trudeau needs to go. He's been terrible for that country. He really has. He is probably the, the 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 most hardline liberal I think I've ever encountered, and he's actually gotten worse since he got elected. I remember when he was first campaigning, I had friends that told me that they thought he was great because of how progressive he was. And I mean, okay, in theory, being progressive, in base theory, changing ideas from what has been institutionalized is not always a bad thing. Being progressive in the context of this discussion is terrible because all it means is that we push things, you know, further to the left. And Trudeau, I mean, he has passed the most oppressive gun control legislation that we've ever seen in North America. Uh, Canada is now probably the least safe it's ever been realistically, you know, criminals are going to get the guns however they want. Uh, I've not, you know, and maybe that's something I'll look into. Maybe I will actually spend the time and look into the gun and violent crime statistics of Canada. And I don't know, I don't know how they share their information. That, that might be interesting because we have information here in the United States, right? That's publicly available, publicly released and taxpayer funded for these studies, right? That basically supports that where there are more lawful gun owners, there is less violent crime because there's less opportunity to be a victim and even dumbass criminals are smart enough to figure out that, you know, you're going to, if you're going to fuck around, you're also then going to find out. Um, I, I think this is, this is terrible. Um, so reading this, and again, this is on Fox news, uh, this project from the halo trust aims to safeguard the lives and livelihoods of Ukrainians, including women and internally displaced persons <laughs> by addressing the threat of explosive ordnance present across vast areas of the country. But it's not going to safeguard the lives and livelihoods of women because they're going to be the ones out there picking mines. I don't, I don't understand this. It, it, there is a Ukrainian military that the Ukraine, the Ukrainians are fighting against the Russians. Why now? I, the war is not over. Why are we now having this discussion? I want to interrupt this episode to tell you guys all about our friends over at Ben Franklin Range. Guys, you've heard our episodes, you've heard our discussions, you've heard it mentioned on social media. The facility at Ben Franklin is absolutely top-notch. They're located out in Templeton, Pennsylvania. And guys, this is a one-stop shop. 
they have 1,200 acres of land. So whether you want to go practice some overlanding and do some off-roading, or you're looking for a facility to host a CQB class, they have a shoot house. You're looking for a place to host a shooting course. They have not one, but two turf ranges. Maybe you want to stretch out, you want to reach out to distance. They have an absolutely outstanding long distance, actually unknown distance range that is available for rent. You guys can head over to their website at benfranklinrange.com for more information, and you can reach out and contact the team there at BFR via email at info at benfranklinrange.com or give them a call, 412-439-8751. Guys, it's an absolutely outstanding facility. Cannot recommend them enough. Now let's get back to this week's discussion. The discussion uh, about demining, you know, because here's the thing: when you look at uh, when you look at conflicts across the globe, right? And we talk about because minefields, minefields have been used since like World War One, World War Two. This isn't a new concept, right? Um, it's usually something I know, especially in like North South Korea demilitarized zone, and we talk about uh, Vietnam and just all all this stuff, right? And you go years and years and years, 20, 30, 40 years, 50 years post-conflict, and there's minefields that have not been uh, demined and, and removed. So why now are we having this discussion about giving more billions of dollars more to Ukraine to demine their battlefield? And also, it's it's kind of a losing endeavor, isn't it? Because as you go out and clean up that minefield, isn't somebody just going to come back and remine that field? Unless are are the Ukrainians just taking land in this conflict and we're not aware of it? I, I suppose that could be true. I don't really know for sure that that's that's how it's working. Um, I suppose that could be what's going on. I, I sincerely doubt it, though. And the whole the the whole gender neutral or gender inclusive thing. Uh, to me, I, again, I think that's liberal politicking to mask the overall issue. It really doesn't make a lot of sense. And I do think that we've now seen the point where liberal politicians have basically turned Ukraine into a giant money laundering operation. I mean, why have we been sending so much money over there? And why? What's this guy's name? What The fucking president from Ukraine. Um, <laughs> Volodymyr Zelensky this fucking con man who I swear to God, he's incapable of ever showing up looking like an actual president ever. The picture on Fox news with him shaking hands with Justin Trudeau, he's in like a military polo with Velcro on the sides with like, uh, with, with Ukrainian flag patches. When he showed up to the white house the last time and for whatever reason uh, was able to speak to our house and Senate and then they were flying the Ukrainian flag on the House and Senate floors, or the the, the House floor, uh, which I thought was extremely disrespectful. Just my opinion. I think there is one flag and one flag only that ever should be flown in those chambers, and that's the United States flag. That's I feel very strongly about that. Uh, so this this continued uh, effort to pay for a war that isn't ours and funnel money continuously to citizens that aren't ours. I think it's a gigantic losing endeavor. I think it's, uh, it may, if things ever truly come to light, the the real details of this and who knows in today's day and age, you know, and I could be wrong. It may not, you know, there's a big part of me that feels weird just sitting here calling this out as a money laundering operation. (coughs) I, I don't think that that's necessarily for sure what's going on, but you do have to ask the questions, right? As people attack that pay, 
they pay tax dollars for this. What is that money going towards? Like, why don't we don't ever see the the media coverage of American planes landing and dropping pallets, right? We don't ever see what's going on here. Now on Instagram, we see plenty of like it's not really body cam, but I guess it is body cam or GoPro footage of people fighting in the trenches. And guess what? It's a lot of AKs. It's a lot of uh, you know gear and stuff made by companies. Uh, some of them are in the U.S. Some of them are not. We're not feeding them a bunch of AR rifles. We're not feeding them a bunch of you know gear and shit. Like it's not, it, it's not what it's supposed to be in terms of the United States providing fiscal support, financial support. So now I understand that the entire package that Canada is giving Ukraine is not all for the landmine effort, but like the fact that any of it at all is is weird, and the fact that they called it gender inclusive is. Like what are people just supposed to be, you know, renewed in their their faith of this effort because now women can go out there and can go die trying to remove landmines as opposed to just men? Because that I mean that's part of their playbook, right? Uh, this whole gender equality thing, which I'm in favor for gender equality. I just don't think that I just don't think that it's right that you weaponize it in a way to try and disguise the other political bullshit that's going on behind it. But here's the thing, is that we've allowed women in our fighting forces for decades now. We've had female police officers, we've had female airmen, female soldiers, female marines. It is, it's not a new concept. So, and also worth pointing out, probably as I'm thinking about this, also worth pointing out that it's not a uniquely American concept. It's been a thing in Israel for a very long time. It's been a thing in other countries for a long time. And it's been a thing in Canada for a long time. So why the gender-inclusive label that has to be slapped on an effort for removing landmines? And, you know, looking <laughs> looking back at it, uh, $3 million for, the, for that initiative. Why? Isn't that just somebody's job in, in their armed forces and military? Isn't it just somebody's job? Like, isn't EOD, Explosive Ordnance Disposal, isn't that actually somebody's job? Why do you need $3 million for that if you already have people for that job? If there's an explanation, I'd love to hear it. And $3 million seems semi-feasible if you were developing a training program for how to dispose of these. But shouldn't you already know how to do that? And again, why are we doing it now in the middle of the conflict? It's only, it's going to come back. You know, it's it, it's like cutting off a wart, but not doing it the right way. And it just grows back. Like, oh, I took care of it, went through all the pain and suffering and paid the, you know, the medical bill to have them stitch me up. But they didn't dig it out, so it's going to come back anyways and I have to pay for this all over again. That's the problem is it's like this, this, this effort, this, this battle, this conflict, this war with Ukraine and Russia has essentially turned into a bottomless pit for the Western countries to, to throw money. And that is what I will say is what we should be most concerned with. Because if you guys look at the economy, Bidenomics is not working. Okay. Bidenomics sucks. We're, I mean, gas is three and a half dollars a gallon. We saw it get close to three for a little while there. Occasionally it dipped under three into the twos. The economy sucks. I do think that this election has to swing conservative. I, I think it has to. I think Canada has to swing conservative. I think things need to stabilize and normalize. It's been, it was too much too soon with whatever the liberal politicians were trying to push through. Didn't work. It's not working. That's to say nothing of all the weird shit that they've been pushing through um, with all the, the rest of their agenda. Um, <clears throat> but I will jump on over to uh, the last topic on my list for today. And this one is probably a little bit more 
a little bit more uh, just generally interesting and of interest to those of you guys that are in the the pro firearms space of the community, which is a lot of us, obviously. Um, so the, the Trump era bump stock ban, if you guys aren't familiar with what a bump stock is, essentially it is a reciprocating stock that it, it's a, the stock and the pistol grip are uh, one piece. So it allows, as the recoil pushes the rifle back into your shoulder pocket, that creates a gap between your trigger finger and the trigger itself, which allows the trigger to then reset. So you're basically, you still have to have an individual trigger pull for every round that is dispatched from the weapon, okay? Um, The concept here that's being argued is that these bump stocks turn a rifle into an automatic weapon, and it doesn't because it's not actually changing the internal mechanics of the firearm itself. By the letter of definition in the law, it is not an automatic weapon. The addition of this external device does not change any of that. You're simply... The the dumb part is you're simply leveraging the laws of physics um, and recoil to benefit you in terms of rate of fire. Now, anybody who has fired a fully automatic weapon or even a a three-round burst type weapon understand that there's disadvantages. Yes, your rate of fire goes up. The volume of rounds you're able to put down range does go up. However, anytime that you do something like that, you inherently lose accuracy. And the big issue that was tied to this was the Las Vegas shooting where it was alleged, and I say that because there was a lot of details of that that weren't put out, and I haven't dug into a lot of it to say, you know, definitively <coughs> that, you know, the shooter in, in that scenario uh, used a bump stock. At any rate, during the Trump administration, the so, uh, there, there, was a, there was a ban, right, on bump stocks. Now, there were two major schools of thought here on this. One was, at least within the, the 2A community, one was that all gun laws are an infringement, which is true, and a lot of us agree with that, and, you know, then there were the people who were saying, yeah, but, you know, bump stocks are cringy as shit, and you shouldn't be buying them or using them anyways. The truth on the matter, or I guess the 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 core of the matter, really does lie somewhere in the middle, where it, is it shouldn't matter. Like, all gun laws are infringement, you shouldn't use a bump stock, but the government also shouldn't be able to say that you can't have one because by the letter of their own laws it doesn't change how the the firing mechanism works on the firearm it does not create a fully automatic weapon it's not a drop-in trigger which would change the internal mechanisms and function it's not a drop-in sear or an auto sear which would again change the function of the weapon it is literally a device that uses that allows you to leverage laws of physics to increase your rate of fire no more so than somebody who could just get, you know, put a light trigger in the gun and just get really, really fast at pulling that trigger. Guys like Mojo, guys like uh, some of the, the you know, grandmasters and stuff that we see shooting, it's no different. And the rate of fire isn't actually equivalent to that of a actual automatic weapon. So, personally, I'm a little bit torn. I think I think bump stocks are, are pretty cringy, but I also I cannot stand when we have our legislative bodies, our politicians, which, you know, the Supreme Court is part of the legislative branch under, you know, I understand that. However, these are justices that are appointed by political leaders, and we have made the Supreme Court more political in the last 20-ish, 25 years than at any other point in our country's history. 
we've started appointing, or in some instances attempting to appoint, Supreme Court justices based entirely on how political their decisions have been. If they back the liberal side or if they back the conservative side, instead of looking at the merits of their you know accomplishments and their interpretations of the law. So right now, it's it seems you can definitely tell there are some liberal justices who, and I think it was uh, the Gun or Firearms Policy Coalition uh, shared some stuff on Instagram where they had they're the ones arguing in the case had to point out that no, it doesn't turn it into automatic weapon. No, it doesn't allow you to hold the trigger and dispense multiple rounds. It it doesn't do that. Um, and the upsetting part is obviously that we had a firearms ban of any variety, whether it was an accessory or a type of firearm, whatever, while we were under a Republican president who was obviously elected uh, for Republican values, had the support of organizations like the NRA and you know probably gun, o- gun owners of America and things, and then we saw a ban. He supported a ban, which a lot of people are still very upset about. Uh, I've even had some people tell me that they st- they strictly and specifically won't vote for Donald Trump because of the bump stock ban, which every, every politician is going to do things you don't like. They, they are. Uh, they're a politician. We, we talked about it earlier in this discussion, in this recording, that they have their own best interest at heart. They don't necessarily have your best interest at heart. It just takes the understanding of there are enough of you with a best interest that aligns with them getting votes. So if enough people want something, they will vote that way because they want your vote. They want you to keep them in the job. So this is going to be, uh, this is going to be interesting as the Supreme court continues to work through this, uh, pulling the article here off APnews.com. Uh, pulling a snippet out, says the high court is weighing whether the Trump administration followed federal law when it reversed course and banned bump stocks after a gunman in Las Vegas attacked a country music festival with assault-style rifles in 2017. Which again, and, and this this is the tough part about liberal media and journalism, assault-style rifles. Styling doesn't go into anything. We fought wars with, with rifles, like we fought world wars with rifles that weren't black, they weren't, you know, they didn't have massive magazines. Uh, they didn't have scopes and lasers and all this other shit that is deemed to be assault style by today's modern media. However, those firearms, those weapons killed more people than, than I think anybody's really able to comprehend. Um, you know, so this goes on says many of the weapons, and I assume they're talking about the, the weapons used by the gunmen in Vegas, many of the weapons were equipped with bump stocks and high-capacity magazines. And there's another buzz term. This is what makes this such a volatile issue and such a toxic uh, discussion point is when the media inserts terms like high-capacity. 30 rounds isn't high... High-capacity is... It's, that's incredibly relative. You know, uh, they use terms like standard capacity to try and convince the layperson or somebody who's not a firearms owner that if you have more than 10 rounds... 10 rounds of standard capacity. So anything over that must then be high capacity. Except that when the AR platform was devised, right, it, you know, they come standard with a 30 round magazine. To me, 30 rounds is the standard capacity magazine. But I'm being, t- we're all being told, I'm being told, you're being told, right, that 30 rounds is high capacity because deer don't shoot back. Or if you need more than 10 rounds for home defense, you're really in trouble. And maybe, you know what? Hey, maybe you fucking are. Maybe there is more than one guy. Maybe you did miss a couple shots. That's an entirely separate argument. So, 
Um, the article here, and this is the same paragraph, goes on to say that more than a thousand rounds were fired into the crowd in 11 minutes, killing 60 people and injuring hundreds more. Um, it has a lot more to. It has a lot less to do with the bump stock. And here's the thing: a uh, thousand rounds in 11 minutes. I don't want to. I don't want to downplay what happened. But that's really not that high a rate of fire. If you break it down, that's about a hundred rounds a minute. It's less than a hundred rounds a minute, um, which again, it's really not that that much. Um, if you think about a thirty round magazine, and if he was really using quote high capacity, maybe let's say forty rounders, that means that you just have to dump the mag and reload in 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 one minute. That's, you know, you're doing two mags a minute, um, 30 seconds. If you guys have worked through build drills or anything like that, like, yeah, uh, maybe the bump stock helped. It may not have been a bump stock. I've seen guys do similar shit with rubber bands. So maybe we'll ban them next. I don't know. Uh, at, at, at any rate, the real, the heart of the issue here is uh, whether the administration followed the federal law. Um, if this ban is upheld, I think it starts to set a semi-dangerous precedent on firearms accessories and what we can ban and can't ban because if you guys have paid attention and you probably have you look at states like new york and california where you know you oh you can own an ar right you can have an ar style rifle or ar pattern rifle but it has to be featureless because the features are what makes it dangerous so you can't have a pistol grip because that makes it more dangerous you can't have an adjustable stock because that makes it more dangerous and you can't have a detachable magazine because that makes it more dangerous because you can reload faster Ironically, I would challenge any of these politicians to show me how to reload a rifle effectively and quickly because I, I doubt they could do it. Uh, and you also, you know, oh, th- you can't have certain accessories. You can't, you know, lights and lasers and certain types of ammo and, you know, capacity limitations. And we've basically tried to legislate our way through an issue that isn't about the gun. It's not about the tool. It's about the evil of the person who's carrying out the act. So as we see this kind of uh, continues to develop and carry on, I'm going to be really interested to see what happens. Uh, the Supreme Court does technically lean conservatively, but we'll see. That's It's not a guarantee, right? Um, it'll be very interesting to see how they rule, what they say, what they think, uh, if they issue opinions, you know, because if there's no opinion issued, it's an entirely different matter, as we saw with what Texas is doing to try and secure the border uh, you know, within their own state and within their own rights. So, uh, but that's all I got for you guys. Uh, the sit rep, you know, I try, like, I try to bring what are valid and relevant topics to the discussion for y'all stuff that hopefully a, you, you enjoy, but B that you're also needing to be aware of and some thoughts and feelings. I appreciate you guys hanging out and listening and I hope you guys reach out. Uh, typically when I release these sit reps, uh, it goes one of two ways. Either I get a bunch of feedback from people because of it's political stuff and they have something to say, which I love, or people ignore it altogether and you don't say anything, which, okay, that could also be cool. Uh, but if you guys have any thoughts, feelings that you want to share, please shoot us an email, uh, shoot us a message, uh, on Instagram, whatever, check out our YouTube page, check out our Patreon. We appreciate you guys listening and all of your support. But like I said, that's all from me this week, folks. So until next time, be safe out there, all right? And like we say here, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared.